This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh, dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Hey there, everyone. This is Chris. Uh, yep. Hello, it's Jesse. That's me. I'm really sorry. I- <laughs> <laughs> and who like- else do we have here? Hi, I'm Kelly. Thanks for having me back. Back in action. Again. Kelly, back for her third appearance on the Geology Flannel Cast here. Now, Kelly is the reigning champion for most repeat repeated uh visits on the podcast i guess How- yeah good bad or indifferent guest speaker yeah yeah so good bad or indifferent you mean great greater and greatest mm-hmm. it's true truth so in yeah. case you never- that. that matt sophie can <laughs> he can get back of the line I'm telling you <laughs> sophie what is this amateur hour no yeah come on. <laughs> we love no, i appreciate I appreciate you guys having me back on. Um, I I was very um, like Chris and I were just talking about. Um, I did get a bit offended when you all talked about how Sophie had had more times, more um, guest speaker roles on the podcast than I had. So I did need to make sure that I one up them. So here I am. What three weeks later? Making sure I went up them, and here we go. Had a boy. Do things out of do things out of spite. That's, yeah, that's exactly. Kelly's like, all right. Well, I now have to go. See ya. To be honest, <laughs> Kelly doesn't even want to be here right now. She's just doing this because she has to. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love like, being on the podcast with you guys. I, I appreciate you having me back. So thank anytime, you. Anytime, anytime. Open invite. You know that. <laughs> Um, so, uh, well, we got a, we're talking about, uh, women in geology today because it is women's history month. So we figured this would be a great time to, to, to talk about this topic. Uh, so we'll get into that in a little bit, but, uh, first a little bit of timely news here. Uh, there's been, we've been kind of watched, I know, like, uh, we've talked about this on, uh, the, uh, the, the, the Patreon hangouts that we have before and after the podcast recordings, but, uh, there's, we've been talking about this, uh, vo- we've been watching, waiting for this volcanic eruption in Iceland and it just started. What did it start two days ago as of this recording on Wednesday night? So did it start Monday? I believe. Yeah, I think so. Monday. Something so it'd like be that. like the 21st ish anyway. So, uh, there's a volcanic eruption in Iceland and there are some YouTube videos that are coming out of this thing. People have been like flying drones around the, uh, around the, the volcano. And there's like some really, really wild um, drone footage of this thing. And it's like, like somebody's like, uh, you know, fly there. There's like, it, it's almost, it's, it's a very non-eruptive or not erupt, non-explosive eruption, very effusive eruption for this volcano. I was going to say it is, it is erupting, Chris. It's, it is, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's almost like nothing's happening. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just like very like low key. And uh, we were actually just talking about this before the, uh, we started recording. It's like parties of people just like hanging out and just like having a good time watching the volcano erupt. And like, it's, uh, they're like right up there too. Like right at the crater. It's just like, I don't I don't know. I, I would have that's great as long as you're safe i guess whatever <laughs> but 
Yeah, those drones can fly pretty far away from. Oh, that was what I wanted to say. Yeah, so the the drone the drone there's this one video. We'll have to, we'll, we'll put this up on the website. Uh, this is one video of the of the drone like flying like just right above where, where the lava fountain's coming out, and it's like blobs of lava just like just missed this drone. They really did like a, you know, really got pretty close to the stuff, but uh, um, it's some really really cool footage. So whoever uh, recorded that drone footage up in Iceland. Kudos yeah. to you guys. That's yeah, seriously. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. So uh, what were we saying? We were saying before this, the, the, the recording started that it's predicted that this, this volcanic eruption is going to, it's going to erupt for a couple of years. Yeah. And it's supposedly, yeah. it's supposedly going to kick off. They're, they're saying like up to 800 years of eruptions in the area. Wow. Yeah. So I guess the geophysicists had some, uh, <laughs> some data on that to to make that uh, uh assumption i would assume no, if there to be no they just had a big hat with different numbers and it. it's like oh, 800 years <laughs> the dartboard you know yeah. <laughs> they're asking the made magic eight ball i thought it was leading up to it it was really interesting to see the seismicity along that um that valley and that rift valley i believe it's a rift valley there um sorry if i'm speaking out of turn um but it was really interesting to see all the seismicity. And they were talking about how likely a lot of the seismicity was um, creating um, pathways and permeability pathways for the dike swarms that would then fill in those um, where the seismicity was occurring and the, um, the actual fault, um, the faults that were slipping, that's where the dikes were then filling in those gaps where the faults were slipping. And I thought that was really interesting. They're like, we might not see any lava at the surface, but there are dike swarms that are filling in where these faults are slipping and therefore earthquakes are occurring, which is really interesting, especially when you see dikes out in the desert that you mm-hmm. can start to visualize how they'd be forming in real time, really which cool. is that's yeah. awesome. So the earthquakes were tectonic. It was it was actual move. It wasn't was it the magma that was pushing that's a good question. I don't know. I'm not a volcanologist. And so that's, that's a really interesting question is one then forcing its way through and then forcing the slip to occur as opposed to, um, yeah, yeah mid, as opposed to it being tectonic. Ridge. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I'm not sure. You just assume I, the activity is then leading to the seismicity as opposed to the other way around. That's but, I just assume that, but you're, you're right, right in that. Uh, Iceland is just, so I'd be crazy. I'd be interested if the liquid rock would then lubricate the fault to help it slip hmm. more, or would it heal the <sighs> fracture and make it stop slipping? Yeah, it's. I mean, the viscosity is just. Yeah, it's super thick. So, is it acting like glue and stopping it, or is it, or is it acting like but, a slow lubricant, like a grease, and letting it slip slowly? I will I say, I, I mean, it looks like from just from watching that video. I mean, it's, it looks like a basaltic lava. And uh, it's like a um, uh, pohoihoi lava, so that's the least viscous of them all. So, uh, yeah, and you 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 get the basaltic, you, you know, the the really mafic lava forming because it's a mid ocean ridge. It's a hot spot, so it's coming from really deep. Just giving you some of the the basic intro geo background. So it's it's coming from deep, so it's really hot. And so that's going to give you that that mafic mafic magma coming up to the surface. So, but are they actually a? So they're 
they're physically like watching like these you say like these like dike swarms like uh like you can actually like or they have like records of this stuff you can actually see them like radiating out is that what you're saying like they're and, like they're watching <clears throat> them grow in real time no so the the assumption before there was actual lava at the surface was these earthquakes are occurring and likely um what you're what's occurring subsurface is these dike swarms are probably filling in potentially that permeability. Either the chicken or the egg, to be honest, I'm not sure. I think that's a good question, Jesse. Um, but they weren't sure if the um, lava was going to reach the surface, but that there was a lot of mm -hmm. um, activity below the surface. So when you do see, say, um, for example, here at the Eastern Sierra Nevada, there's um, a crazy amount of granitic basement, but then you have these um, very, um, very specifically oriented mafic dikes that cut in certain orientations relative to the stress environment um, because the permeability pathway, again, chicken or the egg. So that, but there was a pathway for those dikes to cut through that granitic basement. So the granitic um, basement, that's getting, is that uplifted? Yes from the sierra nevada and all that nonsense mm -hmm. where <laughs> nonsense. nonsense that's all all origenic events it's all nonsense. This is nonsense where does the mafic magma come from so there's multiple um there's multiple volcanic activities throughout the eastern sierra over um geologic time so it really varies um for example, there are dike swarms that you can find to the south of, say, the Garlock Fault and dike swarms that um, you can find north of the Garlock Fault and they're offset by like huge amount of distance. And I couldn't tell you right now, but that's how they know that the Garlock is capable of a huge uh, magnitude earthquake. So there's uh, very old um, there's very old dike swarms throughout the eastern Sierra Nevada Um but for example, and sorry, I'm going to go there, but within the COSO geothermal field, which is the geothermal field that I spent most of my time thinking about, um, there's also rhyolite dikes that cut through that geothermal field, and those are planar, um, and they follow. So they're planar in that they follow the path of least resistance, and they follow the um, stress state um, within the geothermal field. So um, you're making assumptions about how or why the dikes are oriented the way they are. Um, but because of what you see at the surface, because you see these dikes in this planar orientation, um, you can make assumptions then about, um, say, active dikes at depth. So where this volcano is currently erupting, um, as well as at an active geothermal system. So, so is that does that help? past is the key to the present? <laughs> ah. well, it, it, there was a lot of information there. But I think my question was Sorry. just really like super general. Like <laughs> when you say there's rhyolite, that makes sense. Like you have subduction, say of the Farallon plate that's leading to this volcanism. Where's the actual magma? Why are you forming the mafic magma? Where's it coming from? Oh, good question. Is I'm it not just sure. just old old subduction? Probably just like a remnant of some sort of subduction or some something something in the past that we just yeah. won't worry about yeah sounds good <laughs> but something that is really cool about 
the volcano um, is just seeing just anytime you can see geology, like you just said, Steve, that you're looking at, say, in a textbook or looking what happened and um, looking at a basalt, say, a basalt flow that's currently not happening. But that's the coolest thing about the earthquake or I'm sorry, not the earthquake, but the volcano erupting is just seeing geology in real time. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So I know that's uh, that's like one thing. Like when you're when you're like when you're teaching students, it's easy to show them like okay, like here's here's like you know here's how volcanic rocks form. And we got tons of footage of this. You can actually you know you go to YouTube and there's countless hours of of you know watching just how volcanic rocks form. But that's why I think like why a lot of people have problems like uh, in terms of kind of visualizing and, and, and understanding like how metamorphic rocks form because it's like so deep underground and it's just like conditions that are just so wild and so foreign you can't you can't physically see it happening. So that's where the volcanic rocks are. They're pretty cool because pretty easy to understand. You're just watching it happen, you know, right there at the surface of the earth. Yep. Easy peasy. And, you know, like you see a sandstone and you see a beach, you think like, oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> it makes sense. Right. Blue together beach. There might be a little more going on than that, but you know, <laughs> is it really? Yeah, got it. <laughs> but you're kind of right. I agree to disagree. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Anywho, so we'll post. Uh, I'll post a, a link up. Make a note of this now. Post a link up on the uh, on the Flannelcast website if you want to see some cool footage of the uh, the drones kind of buzzing past this volcano. Uh, Geologyflannelcast.com. Yeah, so it'll be under uh, this this episode. Where, where, where are we at? Eighty six. Hang on. Eighty seven. What number are we at? We are at eighty seven. Eighty seven. Episode eighty seven. So Good click under episode eighty seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll post uh, some of that. Some of that footage up there. Yeah. Up up until 2016, we were at 38. <laughs> there you go. So in the last year, we're just a little less than a year, actually. We're at 87. So it's almost like we've been doing more one than, a week. More than doubled it. A year. Well, Kelly it's did impressive. call us out earlier. She said, Well, yeah, almost one a week. Like you did miss one at Christmas. But <laughs> Of course, it's of been course impressive. I've, <laughs> I've been impressed with you guys. It's uh, and I've and it, as a listener as well, and I'm sure your listeners feel the same way. It's nice to know, you know, towards the end of the week, I can look it up and have a podcast to listen to. So I know yeah, that I appreciate it. And if you are a Patreon, you can check us out on Patreon. You can listen almost every Wednesday, live, pre-edited, you know, before Chris works his magic. You can see, you know, you can see how the sausage is made. Yeah. You can hear all the awkward uh, sign offs by Jesse. Because <laughs> apparently Chris cuts them off. <laughs> I, I do at least a dozen. I just do take after take. Actually, I say I want to cut them off, but I've never actually, I think maybe once, maybe <laughs> once I've actually, this is, yeah, I got to sit there and go through them. Uh, a couple Jesse, of times. Because Jesse wants to be that awkward, I'll let Jesse be that awkward. Right? <laughs> Sometimes I don't plan I'll on stop being the re- I'll stop the recording and just to be like, goodbye. I was like, stop, I already hit stop. <laughs> it's just like, like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> so, um, well, we got this. This You guys want to hit this other news story or do you want to get into the, the meat of the No, let's podcast. get into the meat of the podcast. I all think. right. So is that all right? Well, yeah. That's I don't even know what the other story was. I didn't. Yeah, yeah. The, the, black, that's, the black hole. 
Oh, oh yeah, no. don't, don't worry about it. Yeah, it's not half of the black hole, but you know. yeah, half of my reason for saying <laughs> I wanted to get into it is because I, I didn't remember what the other story was. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, you know, we have we have this outline for this podcast, but uh, Steve, what, what, do you, what do you know about outlines? I know nothing about outlines because I don't need to know anything about outlines because the formatting formula sets me up with all my outlines. No, that I mean, I, I know word a little bit. I can make an outline. I'm not going to lie. Um, you have your different headers and up there that says, you know, what what style would you like? Like, I, I know a little bit, but just, you know, anyone who's ever had to do a complicated, complex or even just a long document, you know, it can be a pain in the neck. It can be frustrating. It can be annoying and the gist of it is you don't need to know a lot of that stuff you can go to the formattingformula.com www.formattingformula.com or youtube forward slash c forward slash formatting formula for all of your word documenting needs they can hook you up they can help you out or you can watch all their they have hundreds of hours of videos on how to do different things with word different versions of word um, and you know, they, almost every week they send me an email, Steve, here are all the different versions of word. And every week I'm like, I'm never going to remember this. And so he just says like word two. Like- <laughs> <laughs> so if the formatting formula is listening right now, which they usually do, uh, feel free to send me yet another email <laughs> documenting all the different versions of word. Um, but seriously, all, all different old, older version, things like that for Mac PC, um, you know, I am a PC person myself, but yeah, any, any, any problem you have with the formatting formula, they can help you out with a word document. So check them out. But most importantly, most importantly, tell them the geology flannel cast at you because one day they're going to be like, you know, we love the flannel cast and all, but, but I'm just kidding. We're, we're like 80% of their business comes from the flannel cast at this point. So I, I may or may not have made up that stat, but you know, either way, uh, formattingformula.com, check them out. Um, we love them. I'm pretty sure they still tolerate us. So <laughs> <laughs> check them out. You are a great spokesperson, Steve. I just want to let you know that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, right. And I, that was... and I do feel like your segues, they've, they've gotten very good. I appreciate them. So <laughs> yeah, good there, on you guys. There were some I mean, that were awful. Half the time they take me by surprise. <laughs> like, wait, where's he going with this? <laughs> I mean, when you're at the bottom, the only way to go is up. So it's <laughs> all right. So <laughs> the the meat of today's podcast is we're gonna talk about some women that played some some really interesting and, and crucial roles in geology throughout time. And some of these people that we've actually talked about them in the past but i don't know this is kind of be like a fun episode kind of bringing them all into into a, a single episode here um because um yeah i mean there there there's some women that played a very very you know uh strong role in um in, in just learning learning about geology and learning about how the earth works and learning about the the fossil record and things like that and um so they've done some done some really great work over the years yeah and and who's our number one notable historical woman geologist on our outline kelly blake 
That's right. I don't think that counts, but <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> hey, if it's on the outline, it must be true. Oh, it's, okay. Yep. And it's coming from the premier geology podcast, yeah, too. That's so. right. So are these, so like you said, the outlines have to be true. So this is like our own mini Wikipedia and whatever we put into this outline, that's fact from now on. I guess. That's how that works. I, oh, I like okay. it. I, you know, so, so Kelly said, so shall be true. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Um, how about, do you want to start at the beginning or, or should we start off with, uh, how about that we start off with this Kelly I'm gonna put you on the spot for a second. Yeah. do it. <laughs> She's thinking, where is this going to go? Yeah, no, let's go for it. Which one of these female geologists we're going to talk about was your favorite or Ooh. is, do you have mm-hmm. a favorite? Um, I don't know that I have a favorite. I do appreciate. So we, we talked about this briefly earlier, but Um, I will start off this conversation by mentioning that I'm not very well versed in either men or women in um, when it comes to geology and what they know about geology and um, how they got started in geology. So this was all new to me, but I thought it was um, a really great exercise. And um, I'm assuming that doing something similar for men would be useful as well. Um, But because it is Women's History Month, because March 8th was International Women's Day, um, and the guys invited me to come back on, um, I thought this would be a really interesting and useful topic to discuss today. So appreciate you guys having me on to chat about it. Um, I did one of the first things that we all noticed, I think all four of us noticed, if you look this up, was that the earliest women that were interested in geology were not shockingly, um, everyone assumed they were witches. That's the go-to, I feel like, whenever women are like, she's a witch, interested in anything. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what <laughs> the problem is, but. <laughs> that was, yeah. I, I, I saw that we were kind of texted about that the other day, but um, I saw that and I was just like, what? You've got to be kidding me. Like, it was just like, yeah, some of these people that were, uh, accused of being a witch back in the day was just like it, it, but it's interesting. Like some of these Royal societies, you know, with the, the suffragettes and things like that, like the, the turn of the 18th century into the 19th century, they, you know, they were letting women in for the first time, but even when they were letting women in, it was horrible, just horrible policies. Like you, you can't be married you have to, or you have to be a widower. Like if you do get married, then you're out. Like, like if, you know, you need to focus. All right. Yeah, it, it, um, it was, <laughs> like just these rules where it's just like, how does that make any sense? Well, at all? I mean, even so at temple, the woman who started the geology department when she was getting her graduate degree, where at Harvard, Harvard. Harvard. Yeah. She had to <clears throat> sit physically outside the room. And listen to the lectures. Crazy. What? And that was like, in like the forties. The forties, I think. Oh wow. Maybe the thirties, 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 forties, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe the thirties. Wow. Um, that's crazy. That's. Yeah. So I could a- I could barely pass, and I was in the class. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I was at Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> All those years I spent. Oh yeah. Was this uh, calc? Cock two? Is this what the one here is? <laughs> hey, hey! You have the PTSD from that one. <laughs> uh, I took Calc one a lot more than Calc two, but <laughs> I've taken them both several times. Anyway, 
no, we're not going to find the area under the curve in this class uh, today. <laughs> but um, no, it, it it is interesting. Like, yeah, if you were smart, you were a witch or you had to be single and uh, get like barren. Like you couldn't have kids either. It was anyway. Anyway, sorry. I just it was like the that was I turned to my husband when I was looking at um to add to this outline the other day and um I was like guess what they thought women the first women that were interested in geology guess what they thought they were and he's like uh, he thought for a second he's like witches I was like yep hers <laughs> that's exactly what they thought so you know I guess it's uh wait does it, it make does that sense? mean he thinks you're a witch or? maybe I mean <laughs> probably if. If the women are witches, that make us wizards. Yes, we're geologists. (gasps) Wow, way to take a fun spin on that. That's great. Just trying to make make a negative a positive. That's what I do. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. This. So I guess we'll go chronologically because that's how this this ends up playing out, which I think is is useful. And to be honest, in this, I started looking at it and felt like. Diversity wise, it was probably a bit um, Caucasian as well, mainly because when I was looking across the board, most of the women that they had um, documented were white women for the most part and in Britain specifically. Um, So I thought that was interesting. Plus, it was probably a bit of, you know, just the documentation that is currently occurs as opposed to, say, what was actually happening and historically what was correct. So just putting that out there, but um, I'm going to butcher these names too, by the way. So get ready for that. Um, Here we Ethedred go. Bennett. Is that Ethelred? how you'd say that you think? <clears throat> Ethelred. Ethelred. Wow. I was way off. Um, but yeah, first female geologist in Britain. And what's interesting to me is that most of these geologists or women geologists got into it by collecting fossils. Did you guys get into geology by collecting fossils? No. Uh, no it was just straight up rocks. Coal. No. Someone, oh, God. Someone. Bring it back. Stop. Stop saying the C word. Uh, <laughs> someone handed Simonac a box of rocks. That's how he got into it. Um, That's actually exactly how I got it. <laughs> he's, he's still walking around with him like, I guess this is what I do now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jesse. Jesse was a. Uh, you know, born and raised in coal country. I'm assuming by some sort of wolf pups, um, <laughs> wizards yeah. and warlocks. And <laughs> yeah, and wolf- <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I, I wanted to be a tree hugger. I was an environmentalist. Hmm. So yeah, nothing, nothing so glamorous. I should say. Yeah. I had a rock collection, but it was, you know, the minerals, basically a bunch of minerals. Yeah. I mean, I did have fossils. I, I did go fossil hunting as a kid, but um, so maybe that's what, maybe that little seed was in there. I don't know. Hmm. Well, there's well, one woman whose name I'm not going to try to pronounce again. I apologize, Jesse. You can do it if you want. Um, but her fossil collection that she had is in the Academy of Natural Sciences in Philly. Hey, I've been to that yeah. place. I know a little bit about that. <laughs> yeah, right. I thought that was neat. Full circle um, moment. Did you see that? Uh, uh, well, she had a very unusual first name. Um, and it was uh, one letter away from the male name, uh, Ethelred. And they thought that she was a man. 
Oh. He was, <clears throat> Athelred was, uh, it's an old, there's an Anglo-Saxon king named Athelred. <clears throat> Fun fact. He was <laughs> Athelred the Unready. Interesting. Just so, so the only <laughs> the only reason those fossils made it in is because they thought she was a man. No, no, she got some awards and some like prestigious uh, uh, awards and uh, uh, like memberships to groups and uh, I guess good for her. That's awesome. Yeah, and they they did that because she they thought she was a man. They didn't realize that she was a woman. Yeah, and I have so, so what's crazy about that anecdote is there are. Um, women within STEM to this day who um, I specifically know a woman whose name um, is Andrea and she went by Andy for a long time, spelled with a Y because um, she felt like she was being discriminated against as a woman. So she specifically started writing her name as Andy with a Y, which is interesting. And I also get emails all the time to Mr. Blake. (laughs) People just assuming that, and my name's pretty um, androgynous, I guess you could say. Or, but Kelly's can be a man or a woman. But I do get Mr. Yeah. Blake emails pretty frequently. <laughs> I know that feeling. Uh, you get really? Miss Miss Thornburg. <laughs> yeah. I get Stephanie a lot because I spell my do name you? with a ph. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or Ste- is this Stefan? What? What is? Uh, like it's Stephen. It's the. We you know. should start calling you Stefan. 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 Yes. <laughs> what is that? Uh, Family Matters, right? That was Urkel's yep. alter ego. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stefan. Uh, this is just a side note. The the kids were. Wa- I'm sorry. The kids were watching a, a show. It's like a new show, and Jaleel White was like a side character on it. I was like listen i paused and i was like that's urkel let me tell you about urkel and they just, their eyes glazed over anyway I was like, I you do cool. that. yeah he be- yeah he became cool and like sarah walked in and i was like it's it's urkel and she said did i do that <laughs> a great little moment that is a great catchphrase yeah. anyway. anyway yeah so ethel red mm-hmm but that was early. So she was born in 1779 and died in 1845. So she had a good run. Pretty, yeah, that was quite a long time ago. And that's, that was you know, it, it just uh, Britain sort of they, they did a lot sort of early on here, especially all these fossils. So you, you have here Middle Cretaceous, Upper Green Sands. You have these these fossils <clears throat> that you, you, you find sort of along the seashore, uh, the southern coast of England and whatnot. But uh, so they, you know, if you look at the geologic time scale, a lot of the names we get in the geologic time scale, like the Devonian and Devonian and uh, Cretaceous comes from chalk. So like the chalk cliffs and Devonian comes from Devon. And um, Cambrian comes from Cymru, which is Wales. So all of these early like fossil collectors and early geologists in England and in Wales like, re- really set the stage for, for the field of geology. And these women, especially because they're, they're sort of, they're, they're doing the labor here of collecting all the, these fossils and, and really piecing the early stories together. 
And I did read that they did a lot of this work. They didn't get a lot of the credit, but they were also allowed in the field a lot of times because they were good artists and they were good at taking notes and things like that. So, you know, they would, they would sketch the fossils for publications and things like that. And they would, they would sketch the outcrops and take good notes and all the good things that a good geologist should be able to do, but they didn't get any of the credit for it. (laughs) And it also looks like that, um, uh, that she, I, I was looking through this right now. That uh, her her fossil collection, we're saying like it, it's housed at the Academy of Natural Sciences in Philadelphia, but it also contains many type specimens. That's kind of a it's kind of like a a big deal in in uh, in the paleontology field. Like so, like, basically, what a type specimen is is like the like it's like every type every like so you have like a whatever like a, a species of fossil like the gold standard you hold everything the gold else standard, it's like, that's a great way yeah everything is described from that type specimen so uh that, that's a pretty big deal if you have a if you have a, a type specimen of a fossil in your collection that's uh yeah let alone um, let alone many yeah one, one let alone many exactly yeah yeah so um yeah sounds like so uh uh ethyl red Bennett was a, you know, one of the OG geologists back in the day, back in the 1700s. Pretty, pretty cool. And uh, yeah, someone just, else who came, go ahead. Sorry, Steve. I was just going to say there was a uh, Martine Bretra. She's from French. She's French. Bretra. I, I can't pronounce French. Um, anyway, she really? was the first that was recorded. A great French accent. Yeah, was, I thought I was talking <laughs> to a native speaker. Bertru, <laughs> Yeah, Bertrau. Anyway, Bertrou. she was the first recorded mineral, uh, woman mineralogist. She was imprisoned in France on suspicion of being a witch, also. Um, but that was in 1642, so predates Ethelred by a little bit. And back to like steno and like crystallography mm-hmm. in, the, in the 17th century. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Carry on, Kelly. Sorry. No, that's okay. I was going to say just coming in under the wire there and born in 1799 was Mary Anning, which I know you guys have spoken about her on the podcast before. I'm pretty certain. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, they had a, they just made a movie about her. Yeah. Right. She um, sells seashells by the seashore. That's right. Yeah. That was, was that, <laughs> that uh, tongue twister was made about Mary Anning. Yeah. Why were we? We talked. Did we talk about her on the show? I think we talked about the movie. Yeah, yeah we, we, we talked about her briefly in the movie with. Uh, is it Kate Winslet? Yeah, mm-hmm. Kate Winslet. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. No, me I, neither. I've got it. I've got it. I just need to watch it. That's I feel like my mom has watched it. I think she told me that she did watch it. Um, I believe. But did I t- speaking real quick? Not another sidebar. Uh, Kate Winslet uh, is doing a TV show for HBO but in the Philly area and you know, she is a British accent, but she had to learn the Delaware County accent. Uh, <laughs> she said learning the Delco ang- accent made her so angry. She would have to throw things. She said it's like the second worst accent she's ever had to learn <laughs> or the second hardest, not worse, second hardest, but she did say, wow, wow, will now be a big part of her life forever. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, I'm a sheets right. girl. Sorry. Oh. Yep. Yep. Well, sheets, sheets for life. Uh, yeah, Mary right. Anning. 
I tell you what, Early, yeah, whoever can get Sheets British. and or Wawa to sponsor us wins. <laughs> yeah. yeah, take that. So we we talked about Mar- Mary Anning was uh, selling selling fossils from a young age. From from what I remember about that that conversation we had, right? Like I, she started off as a little kid. Yeah, and, she like, was scurrying around in like some real, and then like putting herself in some pretty precarious like situations. I know, like we told the story on the podcast about how how her dog died while they were like they were looking for fossils like along one of these cliffs in um in england i forget what's which uh which uh section or which region in england they, they were at but basically the yeah, south coast so it's jurassic so okay Elf, uh, ethelred did cretaceous which is also on the south coast in the in the weld basin mm-hmm. but the jurassic is a little bit to the west of that okay so, um but uh, she was she was hunting for fossils, and she had her it was a, I think it was a cocker spaniel or something. I don't know why I remember the dog breed, but <laughs> <laughs> couldn't tell you where it was at, but I could tell you the dog breed. Uh, <laughs> but basically, it was kind of it was kind of sketchy. Uh, a lot of like falling rocks and just rock fall came off the wall off the cliff, and it it took out her dog, and that was uh oh. yeah yeah kind of sad story there. But, He's yeah, a fossil just, now. Too Ooh, soon. Too soon. <laughs> Super too soon. <laughs> I, mean, I guess it happened in the 1800s. I don't. Know. Um, so yeah, she would sell fossils. It was basically to like support her family. It was a family yeah. business, I think. Her and her right? brother. Yeah, they were yeah. sell fossils. So it, Lyme Lyme Regis is the name of the the town. I guess it's uh, uh, in Dorset, which is in the south coast there. But the Jurassic. The, the outcrops where she would get these fossils from is now a world heritage site. Ooh. Oh, no kidding. How about that? Didn't know that. That's neat. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyways, that, that, uh, they, I guess that, that Kate Winslet movie that we're talking about, where they talk about Mary Anning, uh, was called Ammonite. In case you're yeah. interested in mm. checking it out. Did, did they find Ammonites? Is that, uh, it would line up with the. Uh, I would frame. hope so. That would yeah. make sense. She, yeah, she yeah. actually, so, um, yeah, the, the, the fossils had apparently local sort of names. They would call ammonites snake stones. Snake so, stones. I never heard of that one before. And bellumites, they would call devil's fingers. Not really trying to get away from that witch moniker. Really. No, <laughs> that's right. Because she, yeah, <laughs> she, uh, she found out she like di- somehow dissected some of the, the fossil belemnites and uh, she's accredited for learning about the internal structure of the belemnites. Yeah. I just went fossil hunting last weekend, found a whole bucket full of belemnites. Really? Where are you, where are you at? Uh, they, well, they dredge the C and D canal. It's that canal that connects the Chesapeake and the Delaware. Yeah. yeah. And they just dump all the spoil piles up next to the C and D canal. And you just, it's from the Mount Laurel formation, about 72 million years old, and chock full of bellum nights. Oh, nice. That's that. neat. Yeah, probably yeah, not- chock full of heavy metals. And I was just going to say, yeah, <laughs> maybe like I, I, I feel like dredged, dredged spoils yeah. is probably not what you want to be. Uh, but you find them up in North Jersey too. They, they come out of the, there's a big, I think it's actually called, it's called Boundbrook or Big Brook, something like that. But there's a river and it, it cuts through the late Cretaceous and just Bellumites just fall out of the the, hmm. the clay there. It's pretty neat. Bellumites. Bellumites. They look, you know, they look like 
bullets. Uh, yeah, bullets. Straight shell. Huh. Straight shell, nautiloid looking things. So Mary Anning, uh, yeah, she <clears throat> she first she first described the uh, ichthyosaurus, the dinosaur-ish thing. Plesios. I think so. First, Plesios, or that's the one. It had first icky as well. Yeah. Well, first icky skeleton is what it said. Mm. From my very thorough research, that's what it said. Nice. Well, she did a pterosaur too. Man, she, she had them. She was finding them all. Yeah. Hmm. And copper lights. I did not know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I really just wanted to bring it back around to witches and um, wizards. I see. Because <laughs> bazaars <laughs> are used in Harry Potter to save Ron's life. Um, no and apparently copper lights are were known as bazaars they used to be known as bazaars apparently but in harry potter i didn't realize that harry puts a bazaar which apparently is a copper light into ron's mouth to save his life is it really copper light right Uh, yeah i guess there is a there is a a part where you know i think it was the first class in potions class snape says mr potter where would i where would you look if i asked you to find a bazaar uh, I don't again, know. So. Was impeccable, yeah. loving it. <laughs> right? Yeah. God rest his soul. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Right. Jeez. Yeah, one piece. Oh. So bazaar just it just means small stony concretion. So bazaars, I think, are a little bit different than copper lights. Right. That's like stomach the stone from the stomach of an yeah. animal, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a little different. Yeah. So it'd be a gastrolith. Mm. Whereas a copper light is fossil poop. I used to love teaching about copper lights. They'd be like, yeah. what do you think this is? And they'd be like, holding it. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, give it a lick like it's uh, salt. <laughs> so I, th- I think we've, <laughs> I was just holding one today, actually. It's funny you guys should mention this. I, <laughs> anyways, this day in the life. Uh, so <laughs> do you guys, did we talk about the story on the podcast? We might have hit, hit on this when uh, we had uh, Tim Davis on the podcast, but where the name copper light comes from. No, you guys are you guys familiar? It goes comes back to the old Copen Marsh dinosaur wars. Oh, copper light. Okay. Yes, we did talk about this. Yes, yeah, Marsh, Marsh renamed Marsh named copper lights after Cope, and it infuriated <laughs> Cope. Which I think we all we all agreed. Like if somebody would name fossilized poop after any of us, we'd be honored, right? Yeah, so, but I don't know why Pope was so Pope. Excuse me, Cope was so angry over that, but. Uh, yeah, I think that might have been a Patreon extra, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, oh, was okay. Ah, yeah. they're all kind of see. So you just got to be a Patreon, and you get all these wonderful stories about dinosaurs. Oh, that's poop. right. We did one on the <laughs> on the, the, the fossil wars, Cope and Marsh, the fossil wars. Yeah. These guys hated each other, but fun, yeah. fun story. All right, so on to Flo, Flo, as I call her, she liked to be called Flo. Flo. Yeah, second woman to earn her PhD in geology in the U.S. Uh, Florence Bastrom. Oh, we should say her name. Not oh, sorry. Flo. I just I assume job. everybody knows who Flo is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's not <laughs> just your name, your price tool. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, just I, I just want to add this real fast. You know, before I, I hate I, I don't mean to cut you guys off, but the first woman to earn their P- 
PhD in geology in the United States was Mary Holmes. She got a PhD in geology from the University of Michigan in 1888. Oh. So, okay. Fun little fact there. But yeah, nice. so Florence uh, Bascom. We're not talking about Mary Holmes right now. Mary Hall? She's not on the outline. Okay. Oh, she, she went to Miss, Michigan where Florence Bascom, you know, she got her degree at Johns Hopkins. Come on. Oh, that might anger a lot of people while you saying that, but <laughs> nah. you're right. <laughs> Sorry. The first right. woman hired by the USGS, which is pretty, pretty awesome. 1896. She, we, there's a local connection in that. Uh, she taught for a while at Bryn Mawr, which is right outside really? Philadelphia. Yes. And she <clears throat> was one of the, she basically, uh, she didn't, I don't know if she named it, but the Wissahick and Schists. So she did a lot with Micah Schist and the Wissahick and Schists, which is the sort of the main metamorphic bedrock in southeastern Pennsylvania. Um, she, she did a lot of work on that. How about that? Or like really specialty. Now, That's the, interesting. I didn't see that. So the, awesome. US, the USGS is only like, well, not only, but it was like 16 or 17 years young. Yeah. When was it felt? Let's, I'll, I'll look that up. Real fast. It, it was uh, 1879. 1879. Yeah. Wow. wow. Um, so she was hired in 18. Shoot. I just had it. 1896. 1896. Yeah. So about 17 years after the USGS. Not to say that that's a good or bad thing, but, you know, the USGS was still relatively new at the time. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, for that. For that era, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Her mother was a like, suffragette. I do like this parenthesis. This this parent <laughs> right. thing we have the, Who's gonna Who's gonna say it? The British Geologic Survey did not hire their first woman until the 1920s. Did I type that, Kelly? I might have been. <laughs> that might have been in one of my moods. There, there's commentary after that. That says, "Take that, you backwater Brits." <laughs> Backward, backward Brits. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, her mother was a suffragette. Her father was a professor. Oh, and the president of the University of Wisconsin. Huh. Yeah. So, um, oh, she founded the geology department at Bryn Mawr. Yes. I didn't even see that. Sorry. Yeah, she left the Ohio State University to go found the Department of Geology at Bryn Mawr College, which is funny because I think um, it's in Bryn Mawr. It's in Bryn Mawr. It's like Jeez. just outside of Abington. Thanks, like, Bill and Jeff. No, yeah, people. it's right across the bridge from Maniunk. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's uh, it's part of the there. it's part of the what they call the main line here in Philadelphia. Yeah. It's like the high dollar area. So oh, yeah. uh, I was going to say the fancy side said, of the tracks. Yeah. So yeah. Bryn, Bryn Mawr is actually Welsh for Big Hill, uh, roughly, uh, and so it's on the hill there, going up to the city line. Out. Yeah. It's, uh, um, partially in Delaware County. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was all Monco. Huh. I uh, I think there is there's parts of Ardmore, Bryn Mawr. Oh. Um Are oh, you talking about the main line in general? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um don't try to lay claim. I was thinking about just thinking Bryn Mawr. <laughs> uh so Bryn what were we were just saying Bryn Mawr, Little Hill. Big Hill. The fancy uh, side of the tracks. I pay. I pay the other attention. Side of, other side of the Google. <laughs> she spent Our, most of her adult. Oh no! This is the point I was going to make. She founded the geology department. I'm pretty sure 
her whole time there, she was only ever considered an adjunct because she was. Wow. Yeah. But Bryn Mawr is a, it's an all women's school. I think. Uh, I don't know if it is. Is it co-ed still. now? I think it might be co-ed now. Used to be. Yeah, yeah. it was historically an all women's college for a long, long, long time. But at, but it's funny that as a woman professor, she was only ever considered an adjunct. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I, think, I think undergrad is still all women. Uh, yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Co-ed graduate school undergrad. Oh, is, wow. But they're affiliated. They have a tie in with the University of Pennsylvania now, too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's it. You know, there's a, a million universities near uh, Pennsylvania has, or the Philadelphia region has more colleges and universities within a hundred mile radius than like anywhere else on the planet other than like Oxford. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Go Philly. Go Philly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I say every morning. Look in the mirror. <laughs> go Philly. Philly. Let's go. Let's do this today. I, I, I watched Rocky last night, so <laughs> I got nothing. Yeah, Did you we really? Were, we yes. were texting. I feel like we were texting about like the volcano, and he was like, "I'm watching Rocky <laughs> one." <laughs> no, we well, we were texting about skydiving. Oh yeah, that was, was side that was, yes. mm. Yeah. You know what's sad is I and we've watched a lot of things during um, the last year to you know because there's endless amounts of time and i've never seen all the rocky movies and we probably should have done that in the last year oh geez. you had the time well, put it on nice. the to-do list yeah. Yeah. It was nice having you on the podcast kelly yes, yeah. Great. <laughs> we'll have sophie on next week okay <laughs> rude and that'll be the first thing we ask him and i bet i know his answer how many rocky movies have you seen yep check the box moving on well how, how, first of all how many rocky movies are there um, there's five and then there's the two Creed movies. Is there that right? You, oh, nice oh wow. I'm impressed. Wow. Yes. That was pulled out of nowhere. Yeah. Mainly because I feel like Rocky five got a lot of chatter and I don't remember them. Anybody talking about Rocky six. So no, no Rocky six, mm-hmm. Rocky okay. five, Tommy gun. Hey, I didn't hear no bell. So <laughs> yeah, I'm doing all the accents today. Fellas. Really good. good. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Back to our historical slash notable female geologist. Yeah, this next woman. So Marie Tharp, 1920 to 2006, so passed away relatively recently. But first geologic map of the Atlantic Ocean and really helped drive the mid-ocean ridge as well as the theory of plate tectonics and the acceptance of plate tectonics, which is big time. That's really neat. I just, yeah. I, I had my Marie Tharp mug. I have a Marie Tharp mug and I just took it into my office. I I Darn it. What is, is it just her face? Uh, it's, it's like a picture of her in the office. Like she has a cigarette in her hand and she just looks like she's done with dealing with the men in the office. That's nice. <laughs> uh, she put up with a lot of uh, garbage, essentially. Yeah. Uh, so she, yeah, I, she, I, Oh, I was I was reading that uh, she took these depth soundings from uh, these uh, uh, from these uh, submarines. One was from a, sh- a ship called the Atlantis, 
uh, it acquired these depth soundings between 1946 and 1952 and a profile from a Navy ship called Stuart in 1921. But she put this all together and she had like these like full profiles extending across the entirety of the Atlantic Ocean of depth soundings. And that's that sounds like that that task alone, like, geez, oh, me like she did it all by hand. Yeah. No computers or anything. Like, how do you plot that? How do you, how do you know where that ship is relative to anything else? And then, oh my goodness, that's impressive. How do you have enough room to lay out all that paper? Cause it was a paper back then. Yeah. She did it. Did all those soundings. She plotted out by hand, which is impressive to say the least. Yeah. 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 So, and she yeah. was one of the uh, first ones that pushed for, um, you know, for what that time, I think it was still called continental drift. Um, but she was, she was still pushing for that. Um, yeah. She and, met Al- Alfred Wagner in a bar. I, I'm, I don't ki- I'm kidding. I made that at all. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> but the plate tectonics at this point was still a, a controversial theory. And, and uh, well, plate tectonics wasn't even, proposed yet because yeah she, her work helped harry hess come up with c4 spreading because she helped show mm. there was the mid-ocean ridge which then they figured out wasn't just a mountain it was a volcano right do i have that i might have that wrong uh, no i i think you yeah, are correct I mean, she she basically identified the mid-ocean ridge and she believed that it was a rift valley the, oh uh, they, they, yeah they, right. they went on and then that's yeah because it yeah, the V, the V notch or the V shape. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that it, that it made. Um, but yeah, at that time, uh, you know, some of her some of her coworkers uh, didn't didn't like the fact that that you know she she was they didn't agree with her findings. And <laughs> this is great. Uh, and some people actually favored the they still favored the expanding Earth hypothesis. Ooh. Yeah, so I don't really know too much about the expanding. I guess it's just, it, I guess it's as simple as it, that the Earth keeps on growing and growing and growing. That, <laughs> I, I, I think sounds so. correct. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. <laughs> I think that's what the, that was sort of the so the the Earth is like expanding like a balloon, and that's why the continents are drifting apart is because the surface is expanding. Yeah. Huh. Mm. Here's here's uh in the I'm posting a link. I'd believe that before log. flat Earth. Yeah. And so this, this, and maybe we'll put this on the, the website here. I'm just going to skip over the flat earth, the link for this mug, because uh, the profits from it uh, support uh, the earth science women's network. Oh, nice. That's um, awesome. I was, I was going to ask where you would go about buying one of those mugs. Yeah. Not, so I just assume he painted it himself at color. Me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, not. <laughs> all right so that's <laughs> <laughs> there's uh uh marie marie tharp anything else about uh marie tharp she's obviously like a rock star in her field that's that's, that's set upon yes um all right what so this next one i don't know yeah so these so it's getting into the part of the outline where these these women are more modern i suppose um women who have paved the way for women in the geosciences so claudia alexander um 
member, notable member, it says, of the Association for Women Geologists, um, but worked at the USGS, was worked for the NASA Jet Propulsion Lab, um, and I'm not a planetary geologist, but I guess she was the final project manager on a mission that discovered 21 new moons of Jupiter. Oh, whoa. Hmm. It seems seems useful. Yeah. Useful information nice. for sure. That's crazy. Um, I'm going to go go off this a little bit. Uh, I was just actually reading about uh, another woman. Sorry, we're going to get into space a little bit, but you said NASA and planets. So uh, Vera Rubin, <laughs> who uh, uh, she was an astronomer, but like she, she helped um, essentially the idea of, she was born in Philly. So that's also a tie in here. She um, helped with uh, identify the idea of dark matter. Whoa. She was studying galaxies, gal- spiral galaxy rotation and sort of identified something about angular momentum with them that helps uh, essentially provide evidence for dark matter. But there's a, a massive, she passed away in 2016, but there's a massive um, telescope in Chile named after her now, the Vera C. Rubin Observatory. Wow, very cool. Yeah. That one in Chile, That's is that the biggest one? Uh, it might be right now. I feel like they're always building a new one. Um, it might be. It's it actually so at the time of its construction. It was it's gonna it was, yeah. It's gonna see first light this year, and then it'll start making up. It'll start collecting data next year. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I think right now it might be the largest. But they're building that really big one on Hawaii, which I think is called like <laughs> the really big. They give them goofy names like the really big telescope, mm-hmm. and the very large. Are, are they still building that one in Hawaii? I know it was on. Uh, what island was it on? on it's on Malo. yeah they're running into a lot of issues with like it was yeah being built on like sacred land or something yeah and and they they had like made agreements that they wouldn't build anymore and then they said well we're just going to build this one and people so people are and it's the biggest one ever but that's not but then they said like but we took you know we took the other one offline we're getting rid of that one so and they're like, well, I don't know if it's a one for one thing. You said you weren't going to build anymore. So, yeah. It, yeah. It's you run into sort of, it's a delicate issue. Mm-hmm. But Claudia is the last woman on our list here who is no longer with us. Yeah. Moving in the present. Oh. So our Patreon, Frank, just said he thinks they may be moving that the telescope to the Canary Islands off of Hawaii. Cool. Interesting. Yeah. Very, very cool. Yeah. All right. Who, where are we at now? We are Marissa. Marsha. 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 Yeah. Marsha yeah. <laughs> McNutt. So, so the uh, first, we said the first woman who was in the USGS, and that was what in the late 1800s, first female deputy director, 2010. Whoa, very cool. Yeah. Skipped over the 20th century. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we'll uh, you know, yep. we only got a one hour podcast here. Yes. So, no, yeah. no, I'm just saying to, to get a deputy director to get, yeah, to get a woman in that role. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. And first woman of the um, president of the American National Academy of Sciences, 2016. Whoa. Wow. That's yeah. That's awesome. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. Just to let yeah. alone just to be a member of the, you know, National Academy of the Sciences, let alone the president, like my goodness. Oh, you're not a member, a Chris? Title. I have not been invited yet, but when they want to invite me. Jesse and I are members. Weird. Oh. <laughs> Actually, I, I, I avoid their phone calls. <laughs> How do you become a member? I didn't realize this was such an exclusive thing. I have no idea. I just wanted to bust Chris's chops. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, I think it's based on your body of work. So like <clears throat> you got to. It'll be it'll be a big deal. Yeah, you need a Wikipedia what? page. Yeah. <laughs> so, wow. a, yeah. so I'll just go on there, and so I need to create three Wikipedia pages. Is that what you're telling me? Mm-hmm. One for mm-hmm. each of you, and then that's the ticket. Mm-hmm. Well, and you have to mention this podcast, and then I'll just oh, yeah. right. I'll just yeah. I'll hold my phone and just wait for that call. The exacto mundo. Any minute now. Any minute. (laughs) It's getting into. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you're like, I'm just going to move on now. (laughs) 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 Nothing else really to say about this. Yep. Sorry. uh, She she studied geophysics at Scripps Institution. Um, Scripps is the one on the West Coast. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why Diego, I always right? yeah I don't know yeah. why I always mix up Woods Hole and Scripps. Woods Hall's New England, Massachusetts. Right. And Scripps is in La Jolla. La Jolla. I just I always want to say La Jolla. <laughs> <laughs> La Jolla. Um, that looks like fr- friend of the, friend of the podcasts. Uh, yeah, Temple grad went there for her PhD. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say that's where Alyssa went, right? Yep. Yep. Neat. Just she just defended. I want to say last year. I don't know. Time is a flat circle with this whole. Yeah, pandemic. it was definitely during the pandemic. I think. Yeah. Yeah, because it was, it was right, all virtual. Yeah, and she was right about to have a baby, and it was a whole thing. Uh so that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, 1977, the year Chris was born. Um, the Association for Women Geoscientists <laughs> sure, was founded. <laughs> You're just full of just incorrect facts about me, mostly just about me. Anything that Steve says about me, just assume that it's it's just incorrect. Uh, that was uh, the year Star Wars came out, where I would say that one of the strongest characters in that movie was a woman, Princess Leia. Mm. There you go. Good tie-in. Yeah, it was a good tie-in. I'm going to bring it back around. Yeah, I thought this was impressive because 1977, that was quite a long time ago. So to have this association stood yeah. up back in 1977 was mm-hmm. that that seemed like um, it was a pretty awesome date. And I was impressed by that for sure. Yeah, there was there was a lot of uh, women's liberation stuff going on in the 70s. Um, so that that is awesome. But I'm not surprised that it was in the 70s. Because in the eighties, not to say things went backwards, but they they didn't go. The momentum slowed. Let's put it that way. I don't know, Steve. You could probably talk more about the eighties than anybody else here. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there. No, there were some. 
You saw Rocky one in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Rocky one is 45 years old. I, I did not see it in the theater. Wow. I'm, wow. Not, I'm not that old yet. Uh, but no, you guys were at least born in the eighties. Kelly, were you born in the eighties or in the nineties? I was. Nope. Okay. 84. Oh, there you nice. go. I'll admit it. Yep. 80, 82 85 Chris is, I was going to say 85 yeah. <laughs> he's the baby no I was the born I, I was born in the 70s so you can all take that as you will <laughs> you, you know more about the 80s than anyone else here. exactly I remember the 80s man yeah, you know, I remember when WrestleMania was still real and not fake uh, my goodness I, 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 I no man words yeah <laughs> I've recently gone down a WWE rabbit hole on YouTube, and it's amazing. Back in my day, it was called the WWF, all right? Well, yeah. I it had nothing to do with the World Wildlife Fund. Anyways. All right. What do we got next? Yes. What do we got next? How about some statistics about uh, women in undergraduate uh, studies? So uh, according to the American Geoscience Institute, uh, 40% of geoscience undergrads are women and 42% of graduate level students are women as well. So a little bit more uh, women, uh, or a, a little bit of higher ratio of uh, women in grad school compared to undergrad. But it, it does there. Um, if you look a little bit more into the data, there is a disparity disparity between master's degree and Ph.D., it does okay. that number does drop off if you go to the PhD level, but yes. Hmm. Interesting. Um, and then uh, so I guess uh, some uh, some other groups. Kelly, what do you know about the uh, the hmm. women in geothermal? Oh. Are you a member of this? Right, so this is a this is a plug, I guess. Yes. Uh, yeah. So this All is right. me me plugging my own stuff. So I appreciate you giving me the time. So. Um, in 2015, women in geothermal was stood up, um, and, uh, it was, there was a, what was formerly known as the geothermal resources council and now known as geothermal rising had a meeting in Las Vegas. And this is where women in geothermal kicked off. Um, Can I just say and we're now, go ahead. Wing is an amazing, like, uh, acronym for this. Yeah. I am yes. I'm always like, I'm trying to like, yeah. always like think of acronyms and I'm like the worst at coming up with them. But wing is very good because it's very easy to remember. Yeah. And yes, that's awesome. <laughs> it is. And it, it lends itself to um, really nice marketing um, and very nice looking marketing information because wing um, is easy to make look nice, I guess yeah. you could say. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. I'm sorry. To interrupt no, that's okay. I, I agree with you. I think that it's a great acronym. Um, so women in geothermal, also known as WING, was founded in 2015 um, for up until 2020, the um, global team, which ran really all the global initiatives that WING was in charge of, was in New Zealand. And then last year, around this time, a little bit later, so in May, the U.S. team um, ended up gaining the role of the global team. So I'm currently the global executive for wing. Um, and wow. what that means is that Sounds I oversee very important. the, <laughs> it is. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I oversee the initiatives that wing is currently working on um, globally. And um, our team then oversees all the country chapters. So we have um, 34 country chapters. So across the globe 
Um, We have over 1,800 members. We have members from 74 different countries. And what we're striving for is for more members always. It's free to sign up. So I would would put the plug in to go to our website, womeningeothermal.com, and become a member. It's free to do. Um, We send along um, newsletters every once in a while. We definitely don't bug you too much. Um, We've been putting on a monthly... Um, mini symposium is what we've been calling it. So about 30 minutes worth of a certain topic um, since we're all living in the virtual environment. Um, But really what we're trying to do is gain members, specifically men and women is what we're trying to gain. Um, We're at about 27% men right now. And we'd really like that to increase as much as possible. So um, if you're out there and you're interested in hearing what women in geo thermal have to say, man or woman, we'd like you to become a member. So go ahead and visit our website. Um, But we're there to promote the education, the professional development and advancement of women in the geothermal industry. Um, And this is something that the U.S. team is currently the global team, but it'll rotate then in 2023, it'll rotate to a new team. So we're responsible right now. And I'm only the global executive for another couple of years, sadly. And I lose my really awesome title. Um, but not just, it's, it's not a regional executive, not a country global. executive, oh. global executive. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, I mean, you, you could move right up there. to become like universal oh intergalactic intergalactic (laughs) executive now no but in all seriousness kelly like i knew you were involved with the women in geothermal yeah i had no idea your role was this huge yeah like now now i'm like sweating i'm intimidated like and i'm kelly as you should be (laughs) yeah yeah, i'm always but i i didn't realize wing was so large yeah 1800 members that's huge That's awesome. I mean, obviously not huge enough, but that's that's a lot bigger than uh, I thought. You know, when I think of geothermal energy, I think yes, it's a, it's a big deal, it's important, but I kind of think of it as t- like a little niche uh, thing ish. You know, but it's I guess not. Well, what we have going for us is it is free to become a member. Um, we are the largest geothermal association in the world currently other geothermal associations you have to pay to become a member so we do have the free hey, factor don't, don't working for us sell yourself short. but um but it's still really neat um it's it's been a really um it's been really great for me within the industry you do as a woman within stem industries you end up spending a lot of time with other guys with mainly guys um and that's just because of the ratio of men to women within the industry that you end up usually working on teams, which are mostly men and this group. So women in geothermal, it's given me an avenue to network with more women, women than I probably ever would have in my day-to-day life. And because of the projects we work on. So, um, so for that, I think it's, it's done such great things for me in my own career. Um, But the other initiatives that wing global is working on is, what's called the Future Leaders Forum. So we have 17 women from across the globe, again, who are being trained in um, to become future leaders. So we're training them in um, a bunch of different topics throughout the year. So it's a different topic. Every other month, um, we go through um, a certain amount of leadership training, and then they talk about the, pr- the previous month or the month after, sorry. 
onward and so forth. So this is our first year putting on the Future Leaders Forum, and that's been um, really rewarding and great. And we're likely going to be soliciting for um, the next year, pretty soon here, again, through our website and our social media, if you're interested. Um, We'll we'll post that on our website. Thanks. Um, We also, something that Wing does offer is... um, training. So we train, um, we have a couple of people from New Zealand who come in and train um, companies. So coming in to um, talk to companies about their um, biases, that even their biases that they're not aware of, and how that could be affecting women within their, um, their own company to ensure that, and, and even um, at this point, it is gender specific, as opposed to say diversity um, specific in um, persons of color, say for instance. Um, but I think it's been, we just had a El Salvador group of men graduate from the wing um, wingman training. And that was a really cool experience just to see. That's a great um, name also. <laughs> What'd you say? That's a great name. Wingman training. That's wingman? awesome. Wingman training. Yeah. yeah. We actually call it the wingman special task force. So it makes it sound really important. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And it's, and that was really um, amazing to see that actually the El Salvador team on national international women's day, they did the graduation of these, of these men through the wingman special task force training. So that was really neat to, to get to see. And um, lastly, we're, um, we're always as much as possible. We're trying to connect people within the geothermal industry. So um, like I said, check us out on women in geothermal.com as well as um, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram. Awesome. Very cool. Seriously. Very impressed. Yeah. I wish we I appreciate started, you guys. We should have started the podcast with this. Yeah. No, I, this is, I appreciate you guys giving me the platform to talk about that because it's, yeah, um, it's something I've worked on quite, quite a lot in the last five years or so. And so it's great to be able to share that with a broader audience than say just the geothermal industry. So thanks. Yeah, awesome. so we reach literally tens of people. So exactly. <laughs> so um, well, we got a, we got a question here from one of our uh, Patreon sponsors, uh, Kelly. You know Maddie. Maddie wants to know what <laughs> what uh, what advice do you have for young women starting in the field of geology who want to have a career in a, you know geology related career? Um, and also, can you recommend some resources that will provide a community for women geologists? It's a great question, Maddie. Um, mm-hmm. So something that has been interesting from my time spent in women in geothermal is realizing that um, it really, a lot of the women that are involved in say a STEM industry where there aren't a lot of women in that industry um, do have a a certain personality trait where they just kind of don't give a crap about anything and just go in and are willing to, um, willing to be coachable, I guess is a good way to say it. Um, and just absorb all information. So being very eager to learn, being ready to learn, being very, um, what would the correct word be? Um, I guess very humble about how much you don't know. And I think that goes for, any gender across the board is, is being ready and eager and um, willing to learn um, sets you up for success down the road. I know that um, 
or from my perspective anyway, um, when you're very honest about what you do not know and you are um, ready to ask questions and learn as much as you possibly can when you don't know the answer to said question, I think that you gain people's respect pretty quickly and therefore um, it sets you up to gain more knowledge. And I think that's something that I've learned along the way is being inquisitive and um, seeking knowledge and continuing to be um, even in your current career, continuing to seek knowledge and to continuing to learn and be a learning person is important Um, for women who are interested in getting into geosciences, the, there is a vast amount of resources available to you. And I always tell people that are looking to get into any industry to not be scared to bug people. Um, As the four of us, and I'm sure all of you are now sitting on the other side of the professional desk where when you were a student and you were bugging people and you felt like you were bugging them too much, you really do just lose track of all of the things you need to be doing as a professional from your, in your day-to-day life. So that's something I continue to tell any student um, is to just bug people, bug the professionals that um, you're looking to chat with or you need information from, or I wouldn't say bug them, say like, every hour on the hour or something along those lines. But, you know, if it's been a week, then it's fair game, in my opinion, for sure. So don't be shy and bug people. I tell my students, I'm like, if I don't respond to, I will say I've gotten much better about email this semester. But if you don't hear back from me, like, send me a follow up. Yeah, I'm like, don't be a jerk about it. But like, just send a follow up. Like, I will appreciate that because your email just things get shunted down and but yeah, don't don't be afraid to speak up and and don't be afraid to take chances on opportunities. If there's something that sounds sounds halfway interesting, like just go for it. It's <clears throat> now I'm a guy, so like my advice. That's true. You don't but know. Yeah, like, like it's my regret as as an undergrad. It's something I didn't learn I- until I was well into graduate school. It was just like the ability to ask questions and and sort of take take chances on opportunities and just do things that's how you learn is by doing just imagine where you'd be if you did have this skill set <laughs> in your early undergrad uh, i mean you learned it and look at you you're 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 co-hosting the uh, along with us the premier geology pre- podcast that's true I, there, so I, I, you know i wouldn't have learned he, lessons he, I, He'd be doing it solo. He'd be doing it solo. <laughs> <laughs> I would have graduated under six years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, that's great. That's great advice. A lot of times people are just, you know, just kind of timid and just, you know, yeah, nervous. And, and what's the worst that people say? No, I, that's it. Okay. Big deal. Move on. And I, and I was, and that's the thing, like, I'm super timid. I'm still timid, mm-hmm. but oh gosh, being on the other side now as someone teaching, I beg of you to ask questions. Yes. Please interact with me. Just, you can tell me about your day and I'll be happy. Like, don't be timid. (laughs) I I just, uh, yeah, I I want, I want a reason 
to expand on topics. And like, oftentimes when you, when students ask questions, and this is, yeah, just general advice to students, like when they ask questions, it jogs something in my memory that I've forgotten or maybe not expanded enough mm-hmm. on. And it's perfect. And I, I wish, you know, as, as students starting out, men and women, you know, just don't be afraid to speak up. Yes. Agreed. And it then lends itself to other people, right? So that's, that's what this all benefits in the end is if you're then brave enough to ask the questions and potentially you know, for everyone in the room to realize that you don't know exactly what you're talking about all the time, (laughs) then that, that other person who maybe wasn't as brave or wasn't as willing to speak up realizes it's not as big of a deal and is willing to then speak up themselves. And that's, that's where this starts to that type of, um, speak in action, I suppose, um, then lends itself to, other people who aren't as inclined to uh, ask questions and be as um, forthcoming in that way to do the same thing. And it, it, it's useful and um, it benefits everybody in the end. It can like snowball, you know, you get Mm -hmm. one person to ask one question and like Kelly said, like, Oh, I can ask a question. I can ask a question. I can, you know, and yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. we took this and this is a bit of an aside, but at a um, geothermal rising conference, we, so wing usually has a, a training session, a quote unquote training session uh, where we talk about a specific topic. And one year it was um, imposter syndrome, which is kind of starting to get a negative connotation at this point, but this was probably about three or four years ago. And um this woman was giving the talk and was chatting about um about imposter syndrome and asked people in this very large group um, just things that they maybe lie about or things that they say that they don't necessarily, or they feel that they don't necessarily is not actually the truth. So someone stood up and raised their hand and stood up and um, said something like, um, I don't know why I'm saying it this way. I stood up and said, um, I just feel like I don't do enough or I, I feel like I'm not doing that much. And this woman was like, you know, I know that Kelly put on, you know, put in a lot of effort to get this done. And a gentleman who was in one of the working groups that I worked in admitted, he was like, I would have never said, I would have never gotten up and said anything in front of um, this group of my peers, the way that some of these other people had. And my example is just one of many that people gave. Um, but the more people started talking, the more other people stood up and, um, and admitted things that they kind of say out loud that maybe are self-deprecating and stuff like that. But it was just an interesting experience in a professional environment. And, um, but it opens the door to, for everyone to realize that they kind of just feel like they're fudging their way through this entire thing and it's going to work. You know, this, this is all going to work out if you just keep your head, keep working your hardest and keep an open mind and learn as much as you can. Yep. Keep moving forward. Fake it till you make it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Still well, doing that. If you're not cheating, you're not trying. 
We were doing really well. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Thank, That's thank terrible. Thank you, Bill Belichick. I really yeah. I appreciate no. that. <laughs> wow. All right. Now I really feel bad. Um, did you see, uh, this is a complete aside, but did you see the um, article recently where Ben Affleck in Gone Girl refused to wear the Yankee hat? Did yeah, you see I, that story? I, I have seen that. Yeah. That's was hilarious. He was, he's a Red Sox fan and they were like, the David Fincher was like, you need to wear this hat for this shot in Gone Girl. And he was, he battled with them. He's like, I'm not going to do it. And he wouldn't wear it. And he, he wore a, a Mets hat in the end. He wouldn't wear the Yankee hat. Jeez. I respect that. I, I do. Yeah, right? I respect that as well. Like, Makes sense. Good for him. That's awesome. <laughs> and yeah, but uh, it, the, <laughs> I'm just trying to think if somebody asked me to wear a Mets hat, if I would, no, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think I could, ah, whatever. It depends. It depends what the, how much money we're offering for this. You know, <laughs> but well, anyways, I think that, uh, that's, that's probably a good spot to end this podcast, but, uh, thanks Kelly so much for, for coming on this week. It's always a pleasure. You know, you got an open invite whenever you, whenever you want to come on and uh, talk about whatever you want. All right. Yeah, honestly, <laughs> and you need to get something off your chest. You come on here. All right. Yeah, it's just going to turn to me ranting. Come on yeah. and be like, listen, <laughs> I got so a bone to pick with the transportation department. <laughs> so, um, well, thanks so much, Kelly, for being here. We appreciate it. Anytime you want. Thank to you guys on, for having me. Welcome. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I appreciate absolutely. You guys this was, me on. This was lovely, yeah. and I learned a lot about women in geothermal. That's awesome. Me too. Oh, good. Okay. Not that. <laughs> I already knew about that. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I do, I think, just like to end and, 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 and say, like, it, the, we gave a brief smattering of people. There's obviously a lot of women we mm-hmm. overlooked, and there's a lot of women who have been overlooked. I'm, I was thinking of, um, I was at a lunch a few years ago at some I think like a Northeast GSA meeting and uh, <clears throat> the speaker was talking about like a, an early pioneer in like paleontology or micropaleontology or something. And she essentially got no credit because she was just like the assistant, but she did all the work and she identified everything. And, you know, it was the early 1900s. And so just a, a lot of, a, a lot of women have been overlooked and it's, unfortunate yeah 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 so you're absolutely right jesse there's a million uh women that we haven't mentioned and it doesn't doesn't mean they didn't make the list it's just um unfortunately there's too many too many who aren't on the list who should be on the list and the the yeah so we will have to do better so real fast i I like this question here that that just came in on patreon uh, so our other Patreon friend, Maddie, not that. Yeah. We have two, two Maddie two patrons. Maddies, but... Yeah. Ma- <laughs> Madeline. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Maddie asked, uh, Kelly, have you had any good female mentors in your career? Yes. Um, so I was lucky enough to, um, so I went to Slipper Rock university of Pennsylvania for my undergraduate degree and within the, um, Within the department there, the professors, there was a, a female professor who um, 
gave me the opportunity to go on the field for the first time. And, and because I was also playing soccer at the time, I, I was pretty ancillarily involved in the geology department and, and um, a lot of the field trips, but I went to New Mexico and hiked around on um, some mountains and um, identified some rocks and it was, and it was awesome. And it, it likely then um, changed my perspective toward what it was I wanted to actually do so that her name was Patricia Campbell. And I appreciate that opportunity that she gave me as an undergraduate student. And then when I was at Temple University, um, we had some really strong women within the geology department there at Temple University. Um, and it was great because it was someone you could go to for the most ridiculous questions. And they, I guess they're not ridiculous, but as, and I guess this is a weird topic, but as a guy going to a, um, say, conference, the expectation of what potentially you're supposed to be wearing, geology conferences are a bit more relaxed than, say, probably other conferences. But, um, yeah, wearing the coat and um, just your attire and how to be professional at a conference as a woman is something I just didn't quite know. So I remember going to Alex Devatsis and Dr. Devatsis and just talking to her before I left. And that seems like such a small, um, such a small way that she helped me. But I, I remember just chatting to her in general about those type of questions about being a woman professional um, and um, her experiences. And she really helped then shape um shaped me and um, helped my path, I guess, helped me with my path toward my current career, asking her about her doctorate degree and how she felt about getting her PhD, which I automatically steered away from. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 That's not true. Um, but uh, yeah, they, um, I'd say that those two women stick out to me the most, but there were very strong women in both um, departments that I was in. So that's a great, great question, Maddie. Yeah. And that's, that's really important. Just asking, you know, just something like, you know, just like, like you, you said, like, you know, just what's the attire at a conference or something like that. You might think it's trivial, but that's really important. You know, no, just, it's, you know, I, it's really I remember it, when you said it, I was like, I remember being worried about it. Um, I don't remember where I got my information from, but I'm pretty sure, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I probably had like a sport coat or something like and then you walk through the doors and you're like, okay, there is people all the way from like sport coat and tie all the way down to shorts and a t-shirt, like at these conferences. And, right. you know, how long you, have you been in the industry? Uh, you can uh, get away with shorts and a t-shirt <laughs> a little bit. And, and, you know, some of it has to do with just your, your own upbringing or professional level of what you think of professionalism should look like and things like that. And, or yeah, your level of where you are in your career. Like, are you still trying to get tenure or are you still trying to get into grad school or are you just don't care at all anymore? So, um, but, but th those, those questions, you know, having a peer, so to speak to uh, pose those questions to, I'm sure I didn't go to a female professor and ask, what do I wear at GSA? I don't, I honestly, I, I don't remember who I asked. Um, but I remember worrying about it. Like when you're presenting for the first time and things like that, and you know, so yeah, that, that's, that's a great story. I think that's a, like a perfect way to, you know, put a 
shine a light on it. Like, yes, there, there are these like little things. And when you don't have others that look like you to look up to, it makes it more difficult no matter what. So. Yeah. It would have been a little more awkward to talk to Nick about it. <laughs> he probably would have given me advice. He would. He, yeah. he absolutely would have, but. <laughs> hey, this is, well, no, never mind. Um, I, I just want to give uh, that, that question sort of, I, I want to give a shout out here in that, you know, my undergraduate career was, was long and, and had its ups and downs as it were. It was, um, it was short and smooth compared to mine, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but it, um, it, the mentors I had later on, once I got into say geology and realized that I really enjoyed geology, they both women who were like incredible. And the reason I went on to sort of graduate school, um, Kate Freeman at Penn state, who, um, I worked in her lab and I worked under her grad student, um, uh, Courtney Turek, and they both sort of helped me recognize that like, you don't have to be perfect in things. And like, is if you enjoy what you're doing, keep doing it and so on and so forth. And it was, you know, <clears throat> I, I wouldn't be here without their mentorship. And so I owe a lot to them. So that's just my little, <clears throat> not that, uh, you know, just, just wanted to make sure that I, I, I got that out there. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, all right. I think that, uh, that kind of wraps it up for today. So Kelly, once again, thank you very much. Uh, some really no awesome insight and, uh, thanks. That was, that was, I was, I was a really neat podcast. That was enjoyed this a lot. And, and good questions uh, from the Patreons too, by the way, thanks for sending those in. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. And any anytime you got updates on wing just let us know we'll yeah. a little plug we'll do we'll yeah. do uh, so, thanks thanks again yep so thank you everyone out there for listening uh yeah if you uh if you want to help out the podcast you can uh become a subscriber on patreon it's patreon.com slash geology flannelcast um come join our other patreon friends that uh hang out here and we have we have a lot of fun uh chatting before the shows and and post shows and, and get to access some, some extra, some extra material. Um, so you can check that out on uh, patreon.com slash geology flannelcast, uh, check out geology flannelcast.com. We'll have some links from the uh, shows. I'll post the, we're posting the video of the drones, the drone footage on Iceland. I'll, I'll have that up there on the, on the website. And uh, Kelly, does wing wing have a website? We do women in geothermal.com. It's pretty All easy right. to remember. Cool. Women in geothermal. Check us out. Um, Become a member, please. That would be great. We'll have Thanks. that information also posted on the website as well. Um, so yeah, geologyflannelcast.com. Um, we're on all the social media stuff. Uh, was it? Twitter, we're at geoflannelcast. Facebook is geologyflannelcast. And um, what's the Instagram? Is Instagram geologyflannelcast too? I don't even yes. know. This. Okay. Yeah. Twi- Twitter is the only one that's different. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, everybody. Thank you so much um, for hanging out, listening to the episode, and we will catch you guys next week with another fun and exciting episode of the Geology Final Cast. Yeah, the Thanks Appalachian Mountains. Ooh. We're going. We're going with that for next week. That's, spoiler alert! That's he what, just committed. Committed. Yep. committed. I guess. <laughs>
Here we go. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right. See you later. Bye.